What is up, freelance writers? And welcome back to Freelance Writing Secrets, man. I want to share with you, like, I was looking through my little writing notebook, and that's why this notebook is so gold, because it captures all the epiphanies that I ever had. But this particular one was a really embarrassing one. Um, I was looking through my notebook, and um, there was this section in there that kind of, you know, was an overview of the time of my life where I thought, you know, my ability to write, you know, how well I write was an important thing. Like, and uh, you can see on this page and recommendations I've spoken to and coached and help out uh, a lot of freelance writers. And, you know, I realized like a lot of them would say things about, oh, their samples or how well they wrote and things like that. And uh, I realized this is something that's not really talked about within the freelance writing industry because it's completely freelance writing industry propaganda. Like, it's not true at all. Like, a lot of freelance writers believe that how well they write counts. Yeah, how well I write counts. No, it doesn't. Your clients, you know, and your ability to get the big clients, it has nothing to do with how well you write or your samples. Your clients do not care about your samples at all. They don't give a, you know, a hoot about your samples. They don't care. I haven't had a single client, you know, big client, look over a sample of mine. I've never had that happen. Um, because no one cares about your samples. And I remember believing, you know, let me tell a story about this, you know. Um, I remember when I first stopped using Fiverr, okay, and I was just really in search of those four-figure clients. That's what I was in search for. Like, I wanted to make a bag, and I talked about this in my first podcast episode, and this is important, by the way, because a lot of people feel like, okay, if I have clients coming to, because this is what this podcast is all about, I'm documenting this discovery, um, if I have clients, because I set up a distribution channel, or I've tapped into the distribution channels in my Dream 100. If I have clients coming to me on, on autopilot, a lot of them will probably read my samples and not really want to work with me because I'm not the best writer in the world. They're cheaper and better at all these things, options. Blah, none of that really matters. Like I said, I remember when I moved from Fiverr, this was back uh, in November of 2019, and I was just in completely desperation. I needed big clients. I needed them fast. And... um some of the big frustrations I faced in those times and in those moments. I remember I set this benchmark, which is why pitching is a scam in itself, because pitching just doesn't work, it's primitive. You know, if you're pitching right now, smack yourself in the face. Um, I remember just pitching over and over and over and over again. I had this benchmark set, like, just sent out 100 pitches per day. I was just playing a numbers game, you know? It was like I said, I wanted, I wanted the clients, and you know, I wanted, I wanted big clients, you know? And I had the entire, not only big clients, big dream clients that I actually wanted to work with. And I had the entire, this is kind of embarrassing, but I had the uh, entire freelance writing get up, you know, uh, all set up. Like I had the freelance writing website, which is trash, you don't need that. Uh, I had two, like two samples of my best writing. Uh, one was from the book I wrote for myself, not even for a client. And the other one was from a book that I wrote for a client on a, in the Fiverr days. And so I had everything. I'm like, man, if I sit, like, these pieces of work right here are so beautiful and so good. Like, um, it's no way uh, 
anybody will deny my work because I really believe that samples and how well you wrote was important to getting clients. And I remember sending out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails every single day, just pitching person after person after person. And uh, I remember, man, this one guy named Noah. Um, I don't remember what his channel was called because I was really uh, hitting up business off of Instagram. But I hit them up through email because Instagram, after a while, stopped, started blocking my DMs. So I don't even know what page he was corresponding to. But I remember he was the one person that particular day that had responded back to my pitches. And I was so excited. I was like, oh, he's going to ask for these samples. You know, I'm going to send them through and this kid's going to blow his mind. Um, so I sent them through, you know, I, I, look, I went to the email, I opened the email in a hurry. And uh, what he said was, um, look at all these typos within this email, you know, uh, not a great first pitch or something. Best mate. He must have been Australian or something. He had best mate, like best of luck. And I was like, like, it literally broke my heart. Like I was like, what the heck was, you know, am I really a bad writer? And that kind of wormed an ideology in my head, kind of a couple of thoughts in my head that I have to be on point. I have to brush up on my writing skills because if I'm not a good writer, uh, people won't want to work with me in, in some of the, you know, the, the, the amounts of cash, these four figure cash that I'm requesting, um, they're not going to be, they're not be willing to pay that unless they're getting the quality work that they want. This is completely my mindset at the time. And I need it. I need the money. I still, I still do need the money. Make no mistake about it. I need the money so bad. And, uh, you know, so got a notification popping up on my screen. And I remember just going back to the drawing board and looking through my pitch and making sure it had the best grammar and specific, all the, you know, uh, <laughs> the best grammar, the best spelling, all of that as possible. Like it was flawless after a freaking while. You know, and you see that a lot in the freelance writer community. And, you know, you, you've seen this, right? Like, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you're going to the freelance writing community, they'll be correcting each other's grammar and, you know, saying you spelled this wrong, so your argument is invalid. Really silly stuff when you really think about it. It's complete propaganda, man. It, it, it makes no sense at all. Um, freelance writer community is nuts, bro. It's freaking nuts. But but you gotta love them. Um, and so I went back to my natural pattern of sending out these emails. You know, I, I'm not even gonna lie. That day he said that to me, like, that was a big insecurity. Like he, he pushed on a real sore spot. Like if I was standing next to it, like I was I was a mix between enraged, like I had a lump in my throat, like I was embarrassed, and like my face was hot. And if I was sitting next to him right in that moment, I would have open hand smacked him as hard as I could, and then I would open hand smack myself for smacking him. Like it was it it, it really it kinda hurt my feelings a little bit. And uh it made me feel like I wasn't a good writer. Like I was you know, every writer wants to be a good writer, right? And so I cleaned up my act. And when I cleaned up my act, I immediately went back to pitching. Hundreds of pitches, hundreds of pitches a day. And uh, it's funny because, you know, with everything cleaned up, for some reason, like, uh, I still wasn't really getting the headway. Like, I wasn't getting the reception that I wanted. I wasn't getting the clients that I wanted. I'm like, this is perfect work. I've cleaned up everything. I've mastered it. Like, uh, the writing website. The writing website is beautiful. I've made everything clean and beautiful and well spent and this is this English is this is top tier English. I'm already um one of the better writers that I know in my personal life. Writing was you know an affinity of mine. How much better could it get? 
you know, I thought it was all in the writing. And uh, you'll see that a lot. Just, you know, a lot of our freelance writers say, oh, have you heard this? Have you heard this on the internet? Practice your craft over and over and over and over and over again. And that's how you get clients. Get good at your craft. <laughs> you know, stupid stuff. Propaganda, like I said. You know, a lot of people really just don't want you to get clients. And that's the unfortunate part of the world. A lot of people just, they want to win. It's, it's already a quote-unquote scarcity of clients out here in the world, which is bizarre. There are over a million businesses active and kicking in the U.S. today. I mean, that's over a million people that we can write for who need perpetual writing. But anyhow, I'm getting off, off course. Some people just really want to see you burn, and you got to get used to that. You got to get tough skin. But I went back to pitching and pitching and pitching. <clears throat> I remember uh, pitching this guy, uh, Sharon Trevista, because I seen him on YouTube, and he responded, and he asked for samples. I sent him samples. He was like, hey. you know, and uh, it, it kind of disheartened me. If it wasn't, you know, if I'm writing perfectly and it's not what people want and it's, uh, I'm not working, you know, I'm not getting clients still, even with this perfect piece of white writing, this masterpiece, uh, what, what, what is the problem? What can I do? And so I remember one day, you know, particularly that day, uh, I was at the mall when that happened, when I sent that pitch to uh, Sharon Trevista. But uh, it was later that day, I remember just sitting on uh, the edge of my girlfriend's bed and just kind of just bummed out. Like, you know, it was it was a rough day for me for multiple reasons. And that was kind of like, you know, insult to injury. You kicking me while I was down. And I remember just thinking, like, like, what is it that I'm missing? Like, why, why, why can't I break through? Why, you know, these, you know. It's, 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 I'm, I'm making so many points of contact. I'm hitting so many points of contact, but um, for some reason, no one's interested. He, you know, I'm, I'm I'm doing the best I can, putting out the best quality product I can, and uh, nothing's in. You know, I started to reminisce on some of the past because for me, it always comes back to square one. It always comes back to marketing, and you know, marketing really. But you know, I knew at this point that marketing was the way, but. You know, it's interesting that we go and we learn something in life, but it takes an experience for the message behind that, which we learned to actually hit. And this was one of those experiences. I started to reminisce on my past. And I was reminiscing on a time where I was trying to really try and really, you know, my best every day to get sales in my business, uh, quote unquote business, because it wasn't doing any sales. Uh, through something called a webinar. And a webinar is a presentation online that uh, is meant to sell people. You know, people watch the presentation and they, they're meant to become buyers at the end of the presentation. Okay. And I had started doing, sorry, I had started doing webinars a long time ago because nothing else worked. You know, I remember uh, like in the first couple business ideas that I had, quote unquote, um, what I would do is I would make good ads. Like I'd write good ad copy and have a good ad video. And uh, I would go to sleep at night and set the ad off so that if any sales would happen, they would be there in the morning. And so I remember so many mornings back in the day, I would wake up and you know check my ClickFunnels account and where the price the amount of money you made today, it would be a big fat zero every single time. And uh, you know, in the early days, that's, that's, that's the focus. That's the grind. Everything is geared to figure out, okay, how do I sell? How do I sell? How do I, you know, how do I mark? How, how do I make buyers out of this that I'm offering? 
And so I remember just running an ad, tweaking the product, running an ad, tweaking the product, running an ad, tweaking the product over and over and over again. And between the process of doing those things, every time it would fail, every time I woke up in the morning and fail, I would go to the Marketing Secrets Podcast and I would go to YouTube and I would go to Stephen Lawrence and I would go to all these different marketers in the podcast and I would listen for information for why this thing was going wrong. And so for a year and, you know, and I have all this noted in the book, like it's, it's, it's crazy. Uh, in my little notebook, it, I want I want to let people read it, but it's, it's 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 a touchy subject right now, and like for the whole entire year, um, I did zero in sales and wasted five thousand dollars on ads, okay, and that was all the way up into the point where you know I was listening to the you know Marketing Secrets podcast on one on one of those moments where I would run an ad and it didn't work and I was listening to the podcast. And he said the best way in the modern era, because it, it got bad to the point where like, you know, I would tweak the, pro I tweak the product so much where I just, you know, like not only did I make the ad like as good as I could every time, obviously, but I would tweak the product in such a way where really it was undeniable, where it was unrefusable. Like uh, with the Beat Buddy system, I would offer like 15 beats, you know, for $1.00. You know, like something that you would never see anywhere else, else on the internet. And to this very day, I think the product that I was offering, it was completely insane. Like, it was insane. Like, uh, and it got to the point in time where, you know, I would run the ad and the product, you know, would be something like, I would, like, I, 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 I was so desperate about getting people into my business at one point in time where I would run ads and the product the beats themselves that I would give people, which were really nice beats, would be free. It would be completely free. The product, the offer, the thing that I was giving them was completely undeniable. And I would run the ad and still only like 1% or 10%, it's a very small percentage of people, if anybody, would take me up on that offer. You fast forward later in that year, and this is what resulted in me wasting five thousand dollars. I started again with making courses, and man, I tell you, up until this point, I followed every, I listened to probably every episode of the Market Secrets Podcast. I was pretty adept at marketing knowledge, and so I wanted to put it into the world. Like I wanted to build something around that, and so I made this marketing course, you know, and. Uh, I believe and I believe that I believe now like I have millions of dollars literally of marketing information in my mind at the time uh, I had just hadn't found the avenue yet to express it and make a business for myself ironically enough but it was amazing stuff stuff that you want here to this very day I would say um, top 1% marketers in the world I think that I really believe that some of the information that I know I haven't found anywhere on the internet the commercials that are run on TV I can identify which ones suck and a lot of them suck um, a lot of business out there, marketing sucks, and that's why, you know, my personal business, uh, Memoir Launch, uh, despite, you know, this would be a bizarre situation, but I know it's going to pass a million dollars this year. I know that easily. Despite being at like zero dollars, it's going to do it because of this marketing and information. The foundation behind some of the stuff that I'm teaching is insane. So if you're here watching this video, you're early adopting, you're super ahead of your time. But, uh, you know, I made this marketing course, long story short, and this course was bad. Like, it was some of the most insane. It was a literally collection of all the information of all the best marketers in the world jammed into one. I don't think, at the time, probably was nothing on the planet. 
made like this. And so what I would do always, you know, I made the website, the funnel for it, and I would run ads to it. At first I was trying to sell for like $197. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's not their price point uh, when the ads didn't work. So I would run, I would set up a new ad and went to sleep and ran the ads. So the people would go from Facebook, Facebook ads, that was what I was using into my website. And I tried it for $97 and no one bought. And um, I'm like, man, like, what, what, what can I do? What can I do? And um, so the next thing I did was I bumped it down to $37. I ran the ads and no one bought it. And I got a video of me on the front page literally telling them everything that's inside of this package and showing them examples of how it works and how it has to work for other people. Insane stuff. And so I decided, okay, look, uh, let's make this undeniable. Uh, let's make it free, but inside of the thing, let's have an upsell. And I remember running advertising to it. I ran it for like $100 and went to sleep and woke up in the morning. And uh, surprisingly enough, as bad as this course was, as amazing as it was, um, no one took the offer. All you had to do was give me your email address and no one wanted to even give me your email address in exchange for the course. Um, and then that's when, you know, these are, these are times of the trench, you know, let me know if you relate to this. Is this, this is something that you feel, you know what I mean? Uh, these, this is, this is, this is, this behind the scenes right here. I'm getting a little deep, you know, um, I remember, you know, just like freelance writers might feel, uh, the infinite frustration. You're giving them these samples and this sample is so beautiful and then they just disappear you know you give them the samples and they say how much they want this clearly how much does it cost you give them a price that's very very low for what you wanted because you're just that nervous about whether the quality of your writing is up to par then they just disappear and that, that like it, it, it like beyond anything i was vexed like i was puzzled like i was mind boggled mind boggled like i i don't i don't i didn't even know what to say and um so i just completely stepped back and went back to the drawing board i'm going through the pockets going through all this information again like it, it has to be something that i missed and um you know i stumbled upon one of the podcast episodes and it was about building something called a webinar and pretty much what a webinar training is it relies on the idea that um you know usually it's going to take time or this is what i thought it takes time and building a bond um an emotion to 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 build up you know it uses like a three-hour presentation to build up the bond between you and the the person that's going to buy from you and uh and then they buy uh because of the time you spent with them. When I was running ads and just sending it to a web page, um, there was no bond between me and the client. They were cold, they didn't know about me, they didn't know, like, I wasn't reputable to them because they had just met me. And so it wasn't gonna happen that way. And so no one ever bought that way. And so I thought, okay, this is a good idea. And I remember, like I said, I was working at the Target at the time. This was a long, this was way before 2019. Uh, it might've been in 2019 actually. But I remember I was working at the Target like five days a week, completely burned out every single day, like, because it was hard manual labor. And uh, so where I would wake up, I would go to sleep at 12 a.m. on work days and wake up at 3.30 a.m., run pretty much 1.3 miles to the Target, get there at 4 a.m. and be so tired, I would fall asleep. Um, the AirPod just went off, I hope you can still hear me. And I would, uh, I'm gonna actually keep that in though. And um, there we go, it might just be low on battery. And I remember like I would fall asleep next to the ATM twice in a span of 15 minutes because I was that tired working at that job. 
But uh, I was so determined to break through the wall and actually get clients into this movement, into this business, this idea of mine. What I would do is on the days that I had off, which was like two days a week at the time, I would seriously grind. I would seriously hustle because I thought the webinar was secret. The webinar is what would work, you know? And so uh, this is what happened. I started uh, doing webinars. Um, it, it, you know, I was doing these webinars, you know, as I explained in the first podcast. So this was at a particular time in my life where I wasn't really too secure within my family tree. Like it wasn't a really good time. There was a lot of tension and a lot of bad emotions going around. Um, and it wasn't something I was fond of. And so my parents would go to sleep at 12 a.m. And so I would be talking to my girlfriend on the phone, and 12 a.m. at night would come around, and my parents would go upstairs and lay in their room, and I would sneak out because I didn't want to talk, I didn't want to see anybody because it was a it was a bad time, you know, because I was pursuing these businesses, everybody wanted me to do something regular. And uh, I would sneak down to the basement, and I would literally just do a webinar. I remember the first time I did a webinar, I said, all right, baby, you can go to bed, I'm going to do this webinar. And I remember going to the basement at like 12, 1 a.m. or something like that. And I was talking and redoing this presentation over and over and over again, recording it over and over and over again. And I stayed that way and in that same position, doing it over and over again. I remember set up, I set up this big white light that she had uh, lended me uh, and stood in front of my whiteboard and just talked. And I explained pretty much why this product that I was had, all the amazing, supernatural almost parts of this product that I was offering. And uh, even still, this is something I would personally buy. Like it was amazing. You know, I was teaching, and I gave them a sneak peek a lot in the webinar. I gave, I taught all the best strategies and the best techniques, things they could literally use and run, and 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 you and get some results from right now, uh, and that they could learn more in the product. Uh, you know, they could learn more in the course. And not only was it a course, it was like a course. I gave them like an hour coach call. Like it was amazing. And um, long story short, I remember making that webinar and being so excited. Like this is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. It's gonna work. And uh, so I did my my usual thing. So the webinar, it works because it's like free, but then it builds the bond and they buy the product because the product is amazing, right? And because the webinar in my mind at the time, it helps them learn more about the product and why it's a good investment. Um, and I priced the product real low at the end of the webinar too. I, I, I just knew it was gonna work. And so I, I remember putting the webinar up on my website, putting the product at the end, really like, you know, really, really low priced. And I remember running like a hundred dollars of ads to it. And I woke up in the morning. I, I went to sleep excited as, as I don't know what, man. And I woke up in the morning and uh, no one had purchased. It was a big fat zero on the middle of the screen. And like literally like my heart sank to me. And I would have conversations over and over again. Like, yeah, this is the one. This is the one. I just want to tell my girl, like, this is the one. This is going to work. It's going to work. And uh, my heart bombed. Like it bombed every single time. My heart was dead. Like it, it sucked. Like every single day of frustration. Like. Like, this product is amazing. This product is, is more than good enough, you know? And so I tried it multiple times over and over again. I was stuck in that same cycle of doing, doing the webinar, then going to, you know, failing with it and going to listen to the book, going, doing the webinar, failing with it and going. And uh, I remember uh, it was once upon a time where I was going through all the resources that I had and I was going through, I'm sure the podcast and this book right here, this is Russell Brunson's book. Uh, shout out to him. This is one of the best books I ever invested in. Um, I'm not promoting this book at all. I don't get paid to say that, but uh, that's obviously because no one really follows me in the first place. And I remember going through this book, and I hit the you know section about webinars, and I'm like, there's something I gotta be missing in this section. And I remember reading through it slowly, 
And I, I, I stumbled upon something in that chapter that really kind of made me look at the world different. And it's really one of the first things he says in this chapter, which I don't know how I overlooked it, but, you know, the world stops for me once again. The first line of the webinar section in this book says, you don't, you know, when you go and do a webinar, regardless of what you feel, do not, do not, I repeat, do not teach anything in a webinar. Do not teach anything in a webinar. Okay, he said what you want to do in webinars is tell stories, you know, he said, because in marketing, a webinar is just one big marketing campaign. Your products don't matter. Products don't don't create sales. No one cares about your product. No one cares about how good it is. No one cares about, you know, learning logical information and stuff. This is one of the big concepts that I understood for a long time, but I didn't really understand. He said, what creates sales is emotion, not logic. And so when you do a webinar, because stories are the thing that conveys emotion to people's brains, emotion for you, and not logic and understanding of why the product is good, but also emotion for the product, that's what creates sales. When you teach you go to, you know, you speak to the logical brain that people have. And the logical brain does not facilitate those things. And when he said that, it kind of got me, like, it, 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 it kind of shocked me. And I didn't want to really believe it. But the more that I, like, listened to what he was saying, like, the more I kind of realized it was a little bit true. And so this is all in hindsight, mind you. So let's go back to the present. What does this have to do with freelance writing? Here's the thing that I realized. I was sending out these pitches over and over and over again. And the way that I was trying to win clients in when they did pay attention to my message, when they did come to me for it, was through logic. So many freelance writers say, oh, I would do this for so cheap. I would do it for this price. Price doesn't matter. That's a logical thing. You know, I can offer this with my services. I write this good. How good you write is a part of the product, is a part of logic. And logic and products don't matter at all. That's what he said. And, 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 and you know, with a sinking feeling, kind of, honestly, but also a feeling that was almost liberating, I realized, like, man, as much as I don't want to believe that to be the case, because that's a weird way to look at humanity as a whole, um, I know it's true. I know it's absolutely true. Um, think about it like this. This is the way I kind of kind of wrap my brain around it. Um, if a stranger asks you for a hundred dollars, he's trying to, you know, just same way you ask a client for a hundred dollars, he's trying to make a sale happen. Okay, you probably say no to that stranger though, right? But if for the same justifications your mother asks you for a hundred dollars, notice the same justifications. And the justifications that they give, that a stranger might give you or that your mother might give you is like you giving a logical justification to a client. Oh, because I write good. Oh, because I'll make the price low. Oh, because the justifications are important in the story. I want, I, want, I want you to highlight that. So if for the same reasons, the same justification, your mother asks you for $100, what would you say? You would say yes to her. 
But why would you say yes to her and not the stranger if they're using the same logic, the same reasons? And the truth of the matter, what it boils down to is because it's not based on logic. It's based on the emotions that you feel because you have a closer bond to your parent. You have a uh, you have more emotion around the situation. It's easy to be cold towards a stranger and just be like, no, I just blow them off. And uh, the way you, you build this emotion, which is what the webinar is all about, is through storytelling. You you know they have to tell their you know you have to get to the client into a place where they either tell a story about you. Well, really both. A story about you and a story about what you offer. A lot of people already have in their mind a story, you know, if they're coming to you about what you offer. But what they don't have in their brain is a solid story about you. Okay, and you really have to build that trust. You have to build that bond. Which that, that's Bond and trust is a story that people tell you because they have observed the patterns that you've embodied throughout life. You've seen how your mother has acted all her life. She can act differently any day. But you tell your story, a story about what type of person she is based off the patterns that you've seen she's embodied up until this point. Okay? And so when I started to hear that, it's kind of start, you know, it got me thinking like, uh, so how do I inject a story about me? How do I build this bond like a story would do in a webinar? Instead of overwhelming these clients with logic because it hasn't worked to this point. You know, and I'm sick of them ghosting me. I'm sick of them asking for price and disappearing or seeing my samples and disappear. How do I build a bond with them? And so I kept going through the book. I kept looking through, you know, at first, it, it, I, I can't lie to you, man. It, it, you know, I started sending sales copy to them and all sorts of stuff. It was a very, very, very rough journey at first, and it was not working out at all. But I started to get the hang of it. And I started to get in that same pattern of fail, learn, fail, learn, fail, learn. And I, I was burning through this book, .com Secrets, uh, or Expert Secrets, at a you know real crazy rate. And I got to this section of the book that was talking about high ticket sales, which was all that I was going for. I was trying to make high ticket sales happen. And so, you know, I'm sitting here confused and dazed at this point. Like, okay, if it's not about how well I write or how, how good my website is, you know, um, then what is it about? And if it's about emotions, why isn't this working for me? Um, and I read this, this this chapter. This was coming up on uh, November of this year, actually. And uh, November of 2019, actually. And uh, I remember sitting there one late night and just reading over this chapter about high-ticket sales. And the one thing that he said was that, okay, yeah, webinars build bond through story. You know? Because the first part of the webinar, you tell the origin story of you. So they, they build a bond to you. They build a familiarity with you. And then you close the webinar by building a story about the product. Okay? And he said, but... If you want to sell bigger things quicker, a better way to do that is to change the selling environment. Okay? And uh, what he meant by that was either you could FaceTime them or phone call them or whatever else in the world. And uh, that kind of got me thinking, like, uh, so so, so why? What, what, is, what is the logic behind that? What is the science behind that, right? Um, you probably, right? You think of the same thing. Like, how does, like, what? Like, but think about it like this. You know, um, think about think about it like dating, okay? Now, what we do as freelance writers is, because really the process of getting a big client is you just got to date the client. And dating moves at different paces through different mediums, okay? 
Changing the sales environment changes the inter changes the, the interaction immediately from a, lo a logical cold interaction to an emotional intimate interaction, because I don't know, man. Like I said in another episode, there are patterns that influence the human brain, and for some reason, the pattern or the variable of being on the phone increases the bond almost instantly. It's like this: let's say you're trying to go on a date, somebody on a dating site, and you're messaging them back and forth. But you're messaging them back and forth. How hard is it to get a date that way, right? Because they can't really tell much about you from just a picture and messaging back and forth. If you said, let's meet up in public, they'd probably say no. It's weird. It's creepy. They don't really know you. But let's say if you took that same person and let's say you got them on the phone or you got them on a video chat, they would be way more likely to say yes to a date because the bond build that builds that much quicker. They can tell from the inflections in your voice and the subtleties of your character what type of person that you are. They feel like they know you a little better because you had a call with them. Say you met that same person at a bar. You could probably begin dating that same exact day. Leave them and go home and you have all types of warm and fuzzy feelings. You think you love them. Um, because the sales environment, it sets off switches in our brain and builds bonds at different rates. And so that's what I realized. Okay, so instead of trying to appeal to people with logic, I have to appeal to people with emotion and I have to build that emotion as quickly as possible. And so where I was trying to appeal to people with samples and all that stuff, I kind of just had to, you know, it, you know remember, if you remember, it was, a, it was a seriously crunch time. And so I really had to make this happen immediately. And so I remember the first time I set up a Calendly I stopped taking orders through Fiverr, but I set up a Calendly. Fiverr, for example, is a distribution channel, and people are already coming to you through Fiverr, but they're not willing to pay highs and melt, high amounts because they're in a logical frame of mind, right? My first big sale, which is $2,000 sale, actually came through Fiverr. And the way I did it was this. Instead of having people message me back and forth in Fiverr and say, okay, that'll be $1,000, I did that a few times, it didn't work. What I did was I put my Calendly link, it's a calendar where they can book a call with me in the Fire bio. bio. And I remember, you know, this lady calling through uh, that, you know, scheduling a call with me that Fiverr link. And I remember picking up the phone and uh, we really just discussed, you know, and because of the environment was changing, because the emotions of the state was heightened and I wasn't trying to appeal with lots of things like samples. We talked and we chatted and we worked uh, and I hang up the phone and no sale happened. But she said she was going to buy, but no sale happened. But I scheduled another call with her before I hung up. Like I said, hey, when do you want to start the interview process for this book? For two days from then. So I pick up the phone and uh, for the interview. And immediately she's just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I uh, completely forgot to fill out the order form that you sent me. But I'm going to fill out that as soon as this phone call hangs up. And I remember like feeling like, yeah, right. Like no one's going to buy a book for, you know, 25 pages for $1,000. It's not going to happen. And... Um, Long story short, that conversation, you know, it was just a regular conversation. We were kind of just talking, kind of just flew by, and I hung up the phone, and I remember like five minutes later checking my Stripe account, and literally the payment had gone through, and this was uh, probably like November 14th of this year. I was sitting on the bed with my girlfriend, and we were just, uh, man, we, 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 you know, for me at least, that was a life-changing thing. Like, I was ecstatic. She was ecstatic, and it was like, um... It had opened up a new window of possibility. And for me, like it really just opened up a new understanding. Um, I would say that moment affected me in so many ways. Like it, it, it made me realize that the key to everything was really just empathizing with the way people felt and appealing to their emotions. That nothing that 
it, 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 it solidified the idea in my brain that nothing logical about business really mattered. You know, my samples that I sent people didn't matter. And so whether I was, because she didn't even check my samples. You don't have to be a good writer. You don't have to be a good writer at all. No one cares about good writing because that's a part of a product. No one cares about products. People care about the emotion of interactions that make them feel good. And that's all people have ever been worried about. Um, they, want, they, they, they want you to make them happy at the core. And so, um, yeah, that was a situation for me where I was just like, you know, I was just, I, was just, I, I don't know, I was completely mind blown by it. And, um, you know, many other situations has happened uh, around that ideology. I remember, you know, I had pitched somebody earlier in the month, uh, a guy named Mark. I had pitched him on um, writing services. You know, I sent him samples and all that, which it didn't work. kind of blew up in my face. But sooner or later, he ended up, had ended up following me on Instagram. And I remember just living my normal life. I was posting Instagram stories that had nothing to do with writing. And because he was watching those stories and engaged with some of those stories, um, you know, uh, he watched my story one day and just for some reason just rushed out and was like, replied to the story that had nothing to do with writing. It was like, you need to write my book, you know, and we're still, you know, in talks about that. You know, I don't know whether that's going to happen or not, but I, I think it will. I'm quite sure it will, but he just rushed out kind of out of nowhere because he had gotten to a tipping point emotionally through, you know, interacting with the story of me uh, to the point where he trusted me and liked me. And it wasn't about how well I wrote. He's never seen a sample of mine. People don't care about what my rate is or what my price is. It doesn't matter. You know, you can sell anything for any price. Uh, this is something that kind of solidified that thought in my mind. Um, I remember when I used to really be at the mall, if my girlfriend used to go to work, um, I used to be walking through the mall and I used to look at Louis Vuitton and see all that value sitting there in front of me. And, you know, I would watch people go in the store and buy these $1,000 backpacks and $1,000 purses and things like that and wondering, hmm, why is it that people buy a $1,000 backpack, but they won't, you know, they could just buy a $20 Jansport backpack? It was the puzzlest thing, puzzle, most puzzling thing in the world to me at first. Because logically, if you think about logic, what are the, you know, you think about functions. What is the function of this backpack that a Jamport's backpack doesn't have? What is, what is what's the price difference? And um, really, knowing what we know now, it's about the emotion behind it. How does this backpack make people feel? What status boost does it give them? What type of person stories do they tell about themselves as a result of this backpack and this luxury stuff that they wear? Um, a Ferrari in uh, uh, whatever car in the world, you know, really they have the same function because the speed limits. They'll get you to the same place in the same time. Just one makes you feel differently. It's all about the emotion that you want to drink from it. And so writing, having a writing website, having good samples, all of this stuff is not necessary. Even having, you know, people think you got to be salesy and know the technicals of sales. None of that's true. Really, you just have to build the emotion, you know, uh, by changing the sales environment and having an appropriate bond. And this is uh, one of the particular teachings that uh, back in December, I actually coached um, this one uh, young lady out in uh, India. Uh, well, she was 
and she was about angry about it. And literally less than 24 hours later, she had closed her first, you know, month to month retainer client in less than 24 hours. Uh, a buddy of mine, he also follows this page. You can see his recommendation above. Omar had literally done the same thing, although it took him probably a week or two weeks, and he sent me an email about it. I'll edit it in this video if I remember. But that's 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 really it, man. Uh, no one cares about how well you write. No one cares about any of that stuff. No one cares about how you don't have to be some different type of person. Really, it is just get changing the environment and really being yourself, you know, because that's really what powers, you know, everything. As we talked a little about in the next episode, in the last episode, um, and that's really all I have to say for the day, man. Um, man, uh, I don't know, like. This is one for the books, man. Uh, you know, I have a series of five training videos if you're interested in that. I know I talked about this already, but if you want these five training videos that goes way, way deeper into some of this stuff I'm talking about, um, it's absolutely free, by the way. And inside of the training videos, I will not attempt to. There's nothing even for you to buy. I'm not going to sell you anything. I'm not going to pitch you on anything. No tricks, no scandals, no scams. Uh, I have five training videos, and they're actually on my website. Uh, you can download them for free. Uh, it's at www.memoirlaunch.com slash writing secrets. Um, you got to put the slash writing secrets, okay? www.memoirlaunch.com slash writing secrets. Uh, I really appreciate uh, if I was able to have you get the help you need or, or help you out in some form or fashion. Um, come on, leave a recommendation on the page that training actually helps you. Um, and also on that page, you can send us some questions that we can have on these videos and answer for you. Uh, and things like that. But this is Dallas, and this is uh, Freelance Writing Secrets, man. I thank you so much for listening. I thank you so much for listening. Uh, it's just another chapter from my notebook. I'm literally going through some of the things I learned uh, and just pushing them out into the world. It's just a lot of gold in there. And so you're going to get some more gold from that little book tomorrow. Um, man, and, and that's why you know, everybody, you should be writing down some of the stuff that you learn. This process is important. Imagine how much this little notebook is worth to me you know it took two three years and four five six seven thousand to get the information that's here so it's like i don't know you have i want you to have the same asset for yourself all this value all these years so that you don't forget it so the lessons are right there and you can bring them back to people and really contribute to society write all your ideas down in the book i really encourage you to do that and if you really really want to learn more about this uh about automating your inflow of clients to your writing stuff, your writing business, high-paying dream clients, go to www.memoirlaunch.com slash writing secrets. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say. This is Dallas, a freelance writing secrets. And uh, look out for the next episode. It'll be, either be later today or tomorrow. I appreciate you so much for watching. Peace out.